0: Log talk radio:
1: Hi and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. This is my first show of 2015. It's been a long time. So I will be uh, introducing my guests in a second. Uh, meanwhile, you can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com/coachandrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number is 646. 646- Nine two You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press the number 1, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room that's right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. So my first guest, actually two guests together, Kathleen Day is a professional organizer who specializes in eliminating the overwhelm of 21st century living through her programs, private coaching, and on-site work. Clients experience the magic of moving from cluttered to a clean slate, but best of all, they learn how to make it a way of life. You can learn more about Kathleen at LifesmithU.com. Krista Gastesi is a licensed brain gym practitioner. and Brain gym combines goal setting with simple and effective physical movements that restore mental, physical, and emotional balance. She teaches people how to increase relaxation and self-awareness feel more centered and grounded and enhance focus so they can deliver on their goals with greater confidence, joy, and ease. So, Kathleen and Krista, are you with me?
2: Yes. Hi, Andrew.
1: Hi. Hey, Andrew,
2: yes. Yay. Okay, Yay, so this has the been
1: uh here. we had a little uh, hiccup when we tried to do this last week. And uh, now we're here. So, welcome. Right.
3: Thank you, and, thank uh, you. It's great to be here.
1: And Kathleen has been a guest on my show uh, a while ago. And so this is a return visit. I'm glad to see you again or hear you again. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did you uh, ladies uh, uh, team up? How did, how did this happen? Well, I have a client who is a
3: friend of Krista's and has used her work in his personal and business life. And he just did kind of an off-the-cuff share about the difference that I had made in a particular project that he was working on. And as soon as I heard about both the process and the results of that he reported of clarity, focus, uh, better able to you know, more easily accomplish something, I said, wow, this would just be a great collaboration for what I'm providing for people, which is the structure to get things done, like the templates and systems to get their personal organization mojo back. Mm -hmm. And I know that one of the areas that people struggle with is that whole (laughs) follow-through. So I just really connected the dots and... We met up very quickly and had a magical session, and I just had remarkable results. And <clears throat> I, I spoke to her about coming on board and collaborating with my personal organization programs.
1: Well, that's great. And so you know, my one of my favorite words is called synergy. Mm. So that uh, sounds like a synergistic opportunity that you have taken advantage of. That's wonderful.
3: Yeah, and here's the funniest part: as we spoke we realized that we went to the same elementary school here upstate New York. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> Do you have any of the same teachers?
3: Well, there's there's a few years difference between us.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes the teachers are there for a long time. One might be much older by the time the other one got there. I mean, that would be kind of funny. Yeah, well, let's say it's long enough ago that I don't remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope yeah. you, you both brought apples for me. No, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> They're in the mail,
1: Andrew. Okay, no, good. Nothing like a mailed apple, I always say. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to also uh, start really by finding how both of you got started and what you're doing. You know, what's your why? And I think we're going to go in, in alphabetical order. So, Chris, I'd like to start with you.
2: Sure. Um, well, basically... I was in uh, graduate school um, for teaching English as a second language, and I was doing a program in the the South Bronx in New York City. They call it the New York City Teaching Fellows. And um, basically in the program, they start you off with very limited experience, and um, what happens is you kind of get tossed in the classroom. And um, I was in the South Bronx and completely scattered and confused and scared out of my mind because I had never taught before, and I was also in grad school at the time. And um, I basically remember my literacy coach coming in and and telling me, well, which approach are you going to use and how do you plan on instructing the students? And I just went absolutely insane and said, "I, I don't know. You have to tell me. Just tell me. Just tell me what to do. And, um, you know, that was pretty much the scene of what I was experiencing. And then when the kids got there, I was just even more completely disorganized and terrified to the point that one time when we were walking from our classroom to the art teacher's classroom, they said to me, "Miss Gostesi, Ms. Gostesi, we're going the wrong way. And I thought, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing and um luckily um a few nights uh into the semester they um our professors presented us with a woman who was at the time a brain gym instructor and an occupational therapist and uh she shared um with us how she basically um had her paperwork take her about 6 hours to do but ever since using brain gym the work was cut in half and it only mm-hmm. took her 3 hours And I thought, this is for me. I I need this to support me, especially in this situation that I'm in right now. Um, So I took a class, and um, I started to notice things get a lot easier. I was able to plan my lessons similar to her in half the amount of time. I was much more relaxed with the kids and very organized and very clear in my thinking. And things started to click and took another class, and soon enough I realized this is transforming my life, and not only that, but I feel very drawn to it, and um, it felt very much like a calling, and that's kind of how I proceeded, and so I decided to get my license, Mm -hmm. and um, took about two and a half years or so, and um, lots of traveling, you know, within New York and to Boston and Canada, the classes are, um, you know, the program is worldwide, and, and the teachers are an international faculty, and so, um, yeah, I was privileged to take courses from the founder of Brain Gym and from other international faculty members whose experience range from, you know, uh, helping children with developmental disabilities in, you know, developing countries to Olympic athletes and... And basically I just all along knew if this has unlocked me and, and my potential to this capacity from a person who is so anxiety-ridden and scared to a person who now people come to me at work and ask me to be a part of, you know, conflict resolution meetings and mm-hmm. things. It's just, it was such a big transformation. I thought I want to bring this to other people. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to do. And especially are you still in the,
1: in the South Bronx?
2: Um, no, I was in the South Bronx for six years, and um, I followed the um, the principal, had left that job and moved to a different school in Manhattan, and I've since then been there.
1: And by the way, how long ago was it when you first uh, found yourself in the South Bronx? Do you remember what year it was?
2: Um, that was, this is my 10th year teaching, and that was my first year, so, yep, 10 years ago.
1: And, and has the... The experience of being in the South Bronx, even though you're gone from it, has that uh, changed over the years? Um,
2: the experience with respect to me and my teaching, or do you mean
1: your? Well, you? the you know, there's like a, when 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 I hear somebody say South Bronx, it immediately brings up certain uh, images or certain feelings, you know, mm-hmm. from one probably one too many movies.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that it
1: was—it certainly was a very rough uh, part of uh, town at one time, and uh, it's actually not far from where I live. I could I mm-hmm. could see the South Bronx from my window. As a matter of fact, uh, I know for me, it's changed. I mean, I've gone there, I've biked there, so I'm just c- curious how it's changed.
2: Um, I mean, while I was there, I feel like it was—it was a challenging environment, but I never. Um, I never once felt um let's say I never once felt a, a community that didn't care. I was in a okay, I was good. in a very, you know, like the community itself in the school was mm-hmm. very caring and even the business community around was very caring and I I was mm-hmm. very welcomed. I never felt like You know, an outsider. I mean, you'd get teased now and then. You know, people would call you teacher because it would be Mm -hmm. obvious (laughs) that you were there. (laughs) So, but but no, I mean, it was a great and supportive community. It was the most strengthening and um, inspiring experience I think I've ever had so far in my life. Ah,
1: wonderful. So, uh, Kathleen, I'd like to, it's your turn.
3: yes well i um my story begins uh, i i've I've been in business as a professional organizer whether it be I was the sales and design trainer for California closets for eight years I've been an event manager uh I've worked with dozens and dozens and dozens of private clients for about 20 years, 20 years plus. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But my actual calling and career started much, much, much earlier than that, somewhere back in that Catholic elementary school. <laughs> um, mm. <clears throat> down in the first or second grade, I learned these amazing skills of writing and telling time, and I immediately combined them and started to create 48-hour schedules of childcare and household maintenance for my parents. And wow. <laughs> I don't know where the 48 hours came from. Perhaps uh-huh. that was about as far out as I could mm-hmm. look <laughs> in the second grade. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the thing about my story is i you could say I'm one of those people who's born with it. I've got the talent. I've got the knack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I want to kind of use this opportunity to debunk the myth that it's required Um, I really dedicated my working, my work, to discovering what the skill sets are that can be transferred because I really not only believe that personal organization can be learned, but I've just seen evidence of that over and over and over again. Uh, A lot of people aren't exposed to the logic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They find the prospect seemingly daunting or... Uh, you know, have all these judgments about themselves that they don't have the discipline. But really there's a few simple changes people can make that can make a big difference. And I probably at some point would like to talk about them uh, in this conversation. Sure. But, uh, really, really, when it comes to the why, uh, I'm not so much, although I do teach people how to use uh, systems and mm-hmm. different kinds of logic, but it's the why is really because most people who are disorganized. Let me rewind on that and say everybody who's really disorganized is suffering, mm-hmm. and they suffer, suffer mostly at their own hands. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm lazy. I you know you lose things. You're occasions You're late, and there's always there's always this. Um, negative judgment that people have about themselves and it causes suffering even though people get really used to it and it just becomes part of life Mm -hmm. and uh, they don't have to. (laughs) So that's that's my why is to really give people some simple tools that they can use so that they can stop beating themselves up.
1: Well, I, I, I personally would definitely appreciate some of that. Uh, I'm somebody who is. Uh, if I had a dollar for everything I've ever lost, including the dollars, <laughs> actual dollars, and glasses, yeah. and keys, and wallets, and phones, and um, it, 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 I, I, it'd be unbelievable a number. So if, you know, for certainly, I I can relate to something uh, of wanting to learn more. Great. (laughs) So now, do you have a uh, a name for what you're doing together, or is there, you know, how do you how do you describe this?
3: Well, uh, just a uh, just a bit of backstory. Um, Yes, please. I've been I've been leading educational webinars for five years, and it was really based on at some point about five six years ago. I decided to write a book. So I had this whole book outlined, and I said, you know what, this is this is crazy. I want to talk to people. I want to work with people. So I had uh, quite a bit of training in PowerPoint and webinars and all these things. So everything just kind of came together synchronistically. I think is going to be the word of the night.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and... So I just, I gathered a group of friends. You know where do you when you when you start an endeavor like this? That's kind of where you go first. And uh, we all jumped on a webinar series, and I designed uh, three programs, three th- th- meant to be consecutive, to <clears> help <throat> to kind of convey these tools and really the content of the book outline. And uh, it was terrific, but. At that point, I started with mindset because I was, I guess, somewhat naively thinking if people only understood why uh, they should change or could change, Mm. then it would be a no-brainer. But what I really found in the years since, because I was looking and really paying attention for the struggle that private clients had, most people are, in fact, too busy to embrace uh, habit changes. The the whole experience and mindset is one of no time. Uh, you know, I have a little story that I tell about that. You're driving down the street, you're in the, either driving your car or you're in a taxi and the person in front of you has the audacity to be going speed limit or below. And then they tootle up to the intersection and they go through the amber and there you are stuck at the red light. How many people say, wow there goes 20 to 40 seconds of my life Mm -hmm. nobody ever said it's a big deal (laughs) (laughs) so I know that we have this culture of no time going on and I do a lot of I I really get into depth with that with people in the program because I want to to a certain extent take the stigma the blame off of people there's a number of reasons why that happens but anyway, the point is, in discovering that people really were too busy, I kind of flipped my material on its ear, and I now have a program called Clutter to Clean Slate. Because I think everybody can relate to that experience of you got to you 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 become immobilized. You can't do some work. You have to clean your desk or clean mm-hmm. your closet. You and when once you do that. <clears throat> What everybody reports is clarity, peace of mind, (laughs) uh, productivity, effectiveness, because literally the next actions have become clear. Mm. The the premise of this program, which is called Clutter to Clean Plate, is to help people in answering some fundamental questions, which I'm going to tell you about, and get stuff off their plate so that they've got some RAM, you know, mm-hmm. that whole capacity, because there really is a limited amount of brain activity that we can engage in before we right. literally do become exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's a 90-day program, and it's the first phase is really designed to get the overdue and the undone in action. So shift people from complaining about themselves to getting this stuff done. And it's folded in with some mindset. And really, Krista plays a major role in that phase as well. Um, But then we move into more mindset. What does it take to change? What are the thought leaders saying about it? How can we reinforce people's uh, trust in themselves and give them a pathway to develop new logic that becomes more and more consistent Mm -hmm. and then they're free to start to implement habit changes and routines. And I don't know if I said it on the last show but it's something I've been saying the whole time, which is the nirvana of personal organization is maintenance. What we're out to do in this program Mm -hmm. is really have the clean slate be a way of life. Because I think I I coined the phrase in this particular in conversations with Krista that it's the reclutter syndrome that really gets people. Well what is, what does that mean reclutter syndrome? The reclutter syndrome, you drag so the the it's like an incomplete strategy that people use to get things done. Mm-hmm. Drag you can't take it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. You
3: drag out the heavy equipment, you power through the rubble, you put things in order or some semblance of order. And you experience this clean slate, but then there's clutter creep. You know, it just yep. somehow it's back. <laughs> and maintenance. And, and so the flaw with that strategy, which is why it's an incomplete strategy, is you haven't really learned the ongoing habits and routines to keep it from piling up again. And so between my structures and the work that Krista does, which I'd like her to say a bit more about, mm-hmm. um, there's not only the tools, but um, and I'm going to have to have her talk about this, but there's like a physical, and I'm going to have her talk about it, but it's, it's <laughs> called a brain balance.
1: A brain but balance. It's
3: something that really enables people to, in a sense, get out of their own way and accomplish the things that they know need to be done. So that's the program that we're leading now. It starts with a live jump start, and then it's got 90 days of support calls and webinars and material and templates. And everything I use with private clients to have them go from clutter to clean slate is in this
1: program. Okay, great. Um, uh, Now, Krista, do you want to uh, elaborate on that?
2: Sure. Um so what um the way that you explained it earlier when you introduced me was um the pretty much the, the best way to, to begin explaining it again and that's Brain Gym is a movement based learning program and um in the basic program there are twenty six movements that um basically help you with organization, communication, and comprehension and focus, as well as relaxation. And the movements, um, the founder, uh, Paul Dennison, he basically was a... um, He was a reading specialist in California, and he directed a few reading centers where he supported children um, who had various problems and disabilities with their reading, some of which included dyslexia. And um, basically, at the same time that he was supporting these children and instructing them, he was also learning um, different um, movements and modalities in the fields of kinesiology and optometry, child development, and Acupressure. And what he started to notice was by using um, particular movements, it was enabling the children to better integrate and coordinate their eyes and their ears and their hands and whole body movement. And mm-hmm. this was improving their reading ability. And so basically um, when Kathleen speaks about how this work can support people who are looking to not only become organized but maintain this level of organization, um, what we're noticing is that when when you're stuck whether it be in a state of stress um or a state of fear or a state of disorganization whatever that okay. um sort of pattern that you're finding yourself in basically by just doing um a few simple movements it can unlock that um that connection that is um from like I said, from this state of fear, it unlocks that and enables you now to move more freely and as we know, a lot of our learning is connected to our ability to move, and so when you're learning how to become organized um it would support you better if your movement was um a lot more coordinated and so if you can imagine just to give you an example, when yeah, you about go and as your
1: example for a movement
2: yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So um, basically in Brain Gym, when Kathleen was mentioning this idea of a balance, um, a balance is a five-step format. And what you do is you first do four simple movements that prepare you to learn. Um, I'll just give you an example. One of the movements is called the cross call and the cross crawl is basically something that simulates walking. So you're taking your right hand and you're touching your left leg and then you're taking your left hand and touching your right leg. So you're basically um making the motion, if you can imagine, of walking. It's this cross lateral movement. And so um or contralateral, excuse me, movement. And so basically what this movement is doing is stimulating the communication between the left and the right hemisphere. Mm -hmm. and um, we need that communication because you never want to be one-sided. You never want to be very left-brain in your approach, which is that more analytical side, and you never want to be very right-brain, which is that more big-picture side. So by putting the two together, together... Um, you're getting this big picture of a situation, whether it be you trying to organize your space or organize your files, but you're also getting the details to know, know, for example, what type of labels to put on everything and what categories they fall into. And so when you are more enabled to have the two hemispheres of your brain communicate, it makes it easier for you to process information, and it makes it easier for you to problem solve and so forth.
1: So, is there a relationship um, at all between
2: this type of movement and, uh, uh, like, NLP? I know very little about NLP at this stage, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say yes from what I do know, um, just because it is all interconnected with how the brain works.
1: Okay. Because it sounded like, I mean, I I know very little about NLP, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I've seen it, the little pieces of it and presentations, and it, there's something about what you're saying sort of reminded me of that.
2: Yes, yes, no, they're definitely related again, in the sense of how the brain works, absolutely, mm. okay,
1: okay, great, so um, is there a, a you know the question that i I actually was is there like a secret sauce for organization, or is this the secret sauce <laughs>
0: secret sauce of <laughs> course. Sauce. <laughs> the
3: number one question uh that i have found that sends people into a tailspin sometimes for decades <laughs> is not having an answer to the question where does this go so how many you you may have done this yourself and maybe with some um, cash or, or keys or whatever but you get a piece of paper for example in the house Mm-hmm. And you you look at it and you say, "Wow, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna need this. Where where should this go? Mm, I, I don't know. I'm gonna put it here for now." <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And that's
3: your dining room table, your kitchen counter, yeah. your desk, uh, and then suddenly you have what I call the haystack method of storage. Yes. <laughs> where uh, things get buried and lost. Now there are some people who would fight to the death to say, well, I know what order it's in, but really (laughs) they're still taking a walk down memory lane every time they clear that haystack. And for some people, they, even if they have a filing system where they think they know where it goes, that's what I call a horizontal haystack because mostly people are not good at creating meaningful labels for Mm. files and so on and so forth. Um, they'll put a label on something that's just so general and then they don't tr- and then what that leads to is not being willing to put things away because they can't even find them in the system that they create so answering the question where mm-hmm. does this go uh requires a structure and it kind of you can you can use it for so many things it'll defrag your brain which is really <laughs> like like <laughs> Getting everything down on paper versus, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about a to-do list because I know lots of people are also prolific to-do list makers. In fact, I have some clients who have, you know, 10, 12 bags of to-do lists because they think yeah. they're going to circle back and get them done. Uh, those are kind of extreme cases. But, you right. know, we all hang on to the to-do list. Those are not meaningful because they really are often such a random mix. Like you start out with a to-do list and you get through item three, four. It's somewhat chronological. It's mm-hmm. um, But unfortunately, again, with this culture of so many things on the back burner and so many things undone and incomplete that we live in, uh, all of a sudden, everything starts to rush into that list again. Whether it's from a well-being item or a financial piece or something to do with friends, an occasion to remember. When it's all in a mix like that, it's very, very hard to create a priority. And then there's this whole notion where everybody thinks everything is important, which literally translates into nothing is important. Right. But um, I use a system that I call you know it's not rocket science again it's one of these simple tools that I use mm-hmm. but it's what I call the universal six domains for
1: action the universal fix I like the sound of that
3: yes and there's and it's it's concise yet comprehensive i think it really covers uh what what most 21st century americans are dealing with on a regular basis so that's well-being finances managing your finances mm-hmm. earning your money <clears throat> that's number 3 so that's earning, either as an you say
1: earning your money
3: earning your money right so there's so there's well-being financial management which is managing the yeah. money that you make then there's earning the money that you make whether it's is through being and working for someone or having your own business
0: mm-hmm.
3: one of which is potentially a little more complicated. Sure. Uh, then there is community leisure, and everybody forgets that they're a leisure director, <laughs> their own leisure director. And Ooh. then there is household, and those are the universal six. And one. Oh, you, of, you
1: said the universal six, six. Six, S-I-X. I thought I you said the universal fix f like frank i x i was getting very excited so well, is there it a, is universal a universal
3: fix, fix.
0: <laughs>
3: the <laughs> universal six is a universal fix ah. sure, <laughs> thank you I may steal that okay, um, you're welcome <laughs> to it
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it fixes this problem. Too many people are running around, and like if we looked them up in the dictionary, the caption for their life would be, I have a thousand things to do. Yes. When you use the universal six, these domains for action, Mm. uh, it really does pay and it works to begin to compartmentalize and say, "I'm, I'm not... I don't have a thousand things to do. I'm managing my life in six or seven domains for action.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, in the programs, I actually get drilled down into major subsets of those things that make sense. So I'll give you yeah, an example. I was example.
1: about to ask you, uh, you, like for example, I'm thinking of like my, my documents on my computer or my Outlook uh, emails. Like would that so, be something but, you might be able to apply these kinds of principles to? Because I can never find anything.
3: Oh my goodness! Yes, absolutely. It remind me to tell you how how we use this. So, but I just wanted to give you an example of because um, <clears throat> I do it for everything. I do it for my documents. I do it for my internet favorites. I do it for my uh, email. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> the so it's kind of a la Stephen Covey who's got his goals
0: and goals, right? Mm
3: -hmm. Um, But I didn't... I mean, it's my version. And again, I think it's concise yet comprehensive and then people can do a little bit of mix and match or rearranging. But here's an example of... So there's the domain for action and then there's major subsets. So for well-being, that's the umbrella category. Then major subsets like the action categories Mm -hmm. are medical, nutrition, um, exercise. In some cases, spirituality. Lots of people connect that kind of grounding, centering set of practices that directly correlates to their well-being.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Some people would argue leisure, (laughs) and they they have.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, you know, but I I get a little bit technical there, and I say it's kind of a tier two, but you know, or its own its own category, and I'll say why if you'd like me to. But um, the and then I include presentation. So there's four to five major subsets under well-being, and. Presentation I include because I think it's a first of all it's got to go somewhere it's not going to go in mm-hmm. household business finance any place like that but I really consider presentation like your grooming your wardrobe like how you present yourself in the world mm-hmm. is a representation of your well being. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of how and there's like maybe three to five major subsets for each of those domains. So we're talking about 30 categories, which some people, when you hear the number, sometimes you hear the number and it seems overwhelming. But one of the things I want anybody who's listening to understand is you're already taking care of or thinking about most of this stuff anyway. But there's something, I think Socrates uh, said something like, wisdom begins with a definition of terms. just having a placeholder, a name for things can be very centering and unifying. And then becomes even more helpful when you want to start to create an inventory to do this defragmentation, to compartmentalize things. So we, Krista and I do some live evening events where we take people through the exercise of um, I go through the domains and then what the major subsets are and then we have people pick a domain. Just pick one. Mhm. Top of mind, it's like you go to the therapist, I've heard, uh and you uh whatever comes out of your mouth first is really top of mind, it's your priority, it's what you're dealing with. So you pick a domain. <clears throat> And you just create a list of what's a backlog item. What's undone? What do you really consider incomplete? And there's something about doing it that way that creates a clarity and peace of mind. People Mm. instantly feel more peaceful.
1: And that's certainly something we all look for.
3: Yes and And think about it. let me just circle back to the notion of writing a to do list that includes all those universal six domains. You know you've got a melting pot in front of you you've got a you've got a haystack list, and everything seems important when you start to compartmentalize when you and and I want to just underscore that this is a way to make a home for everything the Benjamin Franklin quote, have a place for everything so everything can go in its place. Mm. If you had a place for your glasses, your keys, your cash, your etc., consistent, a consistent answer for that, you would not lose these things.
1: Well, I, I know for me, there's like there's some distracting thing that happens even if I've assigned like an idea of of a spot, I think, but I could be wrong maybe i just haven't really assigned a spot well have you <laughs> maybe not <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's what we're talking about
1: yeah i mean i i i will put down my glasses and like how did that happen where where are my glasses i just had them i
3: just had them
1: yes well let
3: me say something about that that's also a function of that there's so much going on for people, mm-hmm. that some of those actions are co- so unconscious that that's that people lose things because they're just it, it, it's like it's almost like PTSD, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Or PTDS or PST. You I mean don't AD, know what the acronym
1: ADHD is. with P? No,
3: no, no. I Are I trying to be funny and say tra- post-traumatic stress syndrome, but okay. <laughs> because we're kind of all shell shocked by the amount of input—five thousand ah. plus messages a day. Yes. Uh, and our brain also has this capacity to hold on to stuff. So one of the one of my perspectives is that. We're at a state of evolution where, and like this particular generation of people, and I, I'm not quite familiar with the millennials, but yeah. Gen Y, Gen X, you know, I'm yeah. a Boomer, but I, I think particularly with the, it began with the Boomers, like the pace of life and the mm-hmm. channels through which information gets to us has expanded so much, not to mention the exponential increase in information itself, but we're trying to cope with that like we can, and we haven't quite yet evolved to figure out what to ignore. So there's we're, we're in the undertow of this 21st yeah. century. <clears throat> it is really and, mind-boggling
1: uh, when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, even like look at television. When, yeah. You know, at the risk of sounding like like a, like you know my my own grandfather, when I was uh, a kid, you know, we yeah. had you know like seven channels of television.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was no internet. There was there were you know a handful of daily newspapers, and if you wanted to uh, look up something, you had the the only online was getting online to go to the library. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's in so As much please feel free to jump in and,
3: and yes. add your input to this because um, I could obviously talk about <laughs> it
2: no it just it kind of reminds me of this quote in this article I was reading on um, saying that multitasking you know just it just reminds me of all of the, the things that we're always trying to do and then on top of doing so many things we're trying to do all of them at once and this contributing editor to um an article on Forbes online he said so um he was basically explaining that um i q um drops of fifteen points um for multitasking men it lowered their scores." to the average range of an 8-year-old child. And um, he basically quipped, you know, he said, so the next time you're writing your boss an email during a meeting, remember that your cognitive capacity is being diminished to the point that you might as well let an 8-year-old write it for you. Wow. Because that's how much, you know, it's decreasing our, our IQ levels. And, um, yeah, so it just speaks exactly to what you're saying about we can't keep taking in all this information and expecting to use it so quickly and uh, so efficiently. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
3: it's it's actually what I love about the domain for action concept uh, because when people start to look at their life, like, hmm, how am I doing in the well-being department? How am I doing in the finance department? How am I doing in the leisure department? And <clears throat> can't really keep people from those instantaneous judgments that we're so used to Mm -hmm. at first. But again, that's where... One of the hardest things to do, Andrew, with people is... uh, I mean, we we had an event last week where we put people... (laughs) We had people do these short lists, just one domain. Go through and write... Right, not so much the maintenance stuff not like routines that you want to start but what's really some overdue stuff you promised it uh, or you're way behind your personal promise to yourself on a particular project Um, just write down those lists so people I think the range was anywhere from for one particular domain 6 to 13 items and What I have found in the actual program when we take the deep dive, the average number of items when people go across all those universal six, and there's a few more, but uh, for just those universal six, the average number of incomplete undone items that people are stressing over is 56.
1: Wow. That's a lot. And that
3: turns us into... (laughs) (laughs) glasses-losing, chronically late, missing occasions, uh, behind-the-eight-ball people, and that this magnificent device on top of our shoulders called our head with a brain in it gets turned into a pinball machine. And whatever gets the most dings wins. Ding, 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 that's a thing that people do.
2: That's kind of literal
1: for me, by the way. I <laughs> uh, I have so many uh, little alarms and reminder things that mm. it's, and I have to sometimes have to put in multiples because you know you start to get inured to even that, and so after maybe the third or fourth ding 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 to remind me of something, it's like oh yeah yeah I said I'm gonna do that okay.
3: Oh, here's what I say about reminders. Uh Those little alarms that go off are not reminders. Uh They're evidence. They're evidence (laughs) that you don't do what you say. Uh,
1: You got me (laughs) cornered. But that's
3: all part of it, you know. That's that's our why.
1: Yeah.
3: And there's a movement going on these days, okay? Uh, And I'm proud to be a part of it. And I think I've got a different angle. I think that people are, it's really time to stop consuming information and get Mm -hmm. into action. Because once you're in action and you can start to clear your plate, you can get, it gives you access to reconnecting to what's really most important to you. And everything about the process, you know, what emerges is not always obvious when you throw your hat over the fence to engage with it. All kinds of things happen. In some cases, it's a simple fix. It only hurts when I do this. Stop doing
1: that. <laughs> That's the, uh, the Henny oh. Youngman uh, uh, method. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, here, uh, I go like that? Well, not go like that.
3: Who's <laughs> the... <laughs> Who's the, uh, oh, I'm terrible at these actors' names. I could see his face, but he had his own show. He was a psychiatrist.
1: Oh, Frazier?
3: Kelsey Grammer?
1: Kelsey Grammer?
3: No,
0: no, no,
1: no. no. Dr. Katz? <laughs>
3: uh, no, sorry. Let's, okay. okay. <laughs> I could Anyway, he did a video of someone who came in with a specific complaint about being buried alive and... She said every time she thought about it, it sent her, sent her into a state of panic. And he was like,
1: stop, stop it. <laughs> Wait, you, mean Dr. you don't mean Dr. Phil, do you?
3: No, no, no. no, no. He's a comedian.
1: Oh, comedian. Anyway, well, the point Dr. Phil's is very funny. For oh, funny. <laughs> so Go many on. people,
3: they're just like doing things that they they, like chronically overbooking. And then right. there's the flip side, which is chronic avoidance, because the chronic overbooking puts you in that deep into that experience of no time, right? which means you step over the essentials. So there's a movement going on. Uh, Arianna Huffington Thrive. Jeff yes. McEwen, or Greg McEwen, I always get those confused, uh, he wrote this a great book called Essentialism. And lots of other great people, James Clear, um,
0: <clears throat>
3: lots of other people who are saying, take care of yourself. Protect the assets. That's what Greg McEwen mm. says. And so there's a shift. There's starting to be a cultural shift of, hey, stop chasing the carrot and mm. actually live the kind of life you want to live. There's lots of people out there who have big jobs, clean homes, happy kids, great credit scores, take vacations, and contribute to the community? How do they do it? They do it because they are in a state of maintenance. Mm. They tend to what's most important as regular routines, and we're now in a culture where everybody who everybody who hears about routines goes running for the hills because it Don't fence me in. Mm. I need my freedom. I need my creativity. So I started to tell a story about this exercise that we did. So we have people select one domain and put together this list. Ah, second part of the secret sauce. Where do I start? So where does this go? Where do I start? So since the list was 13 or whatever it was, I was like, pick 20%. So that's going to be anywhere from two to four things, right? Right. Nuts. People go nuts. Pick something. Create priorities. And so you're saying they're
1: finding that challenging.
3: Challenging. Everybody is super weak at that because they think if they pick one thing, it means they can't do the rest. And that's part of what the problem is these days. People are not willing to say, here's what I'm going to do first. Now, a lot of people say, hey, I work great under pressure. Well, I just so have, I I subscribe to uh, Success Magazine, Okay. and listen to a guy Steve McClatchley, who I'd never heard of before. But he gave an example. He said, he, so to me it's like the college system. You have a term paper due in three months. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then it's three days before and you write it. Because for that whole three months, it wasn't important and or you didn't feel like it. He said, and which I found fascinating, uh, that You don't you don't feel like it, and the only reason you do feel like it when the deadline is looming is because adrenaline kicks in. Mm. And when the adrenaline kicks in, you have the energy to do it. However, the the problem is, adrenaline is is our brain's equivalent of pressure, stress. Okay. And stress, pressure, and quality are not friends. So when people say, I work great under pressure, they don't work great, they work.
1: They work okay sometimes. And have you been able to help people work not under pressure, but when there's lead time? Yes. Yep.
0: Yep. People
3: start to, when they begin to embrace these domains for action, when they begin to Start to look at life from here's what's important to me and have the clarity to focus on a particular domain. Mm -hmm. There's all different versions of games that people can play, right? This is going to be the month or the quarter of well-being. This is going to be... People start to tend to their... uh, I have a client who would do the classic mad dash for taxes every March or April. He now He now spends... Five minutes a week, nice, managing his finances, doing his input, and boom spits out a report. his taxes are done in February. Um, another client when I talk about those simple fixes, he stopped watching t v so addictively, mhm, and <clears throat> pulled out a 20-year-old dream, his guitar, he wanted to compose, got himself to a studio, and he's now got a nine-cut CD that's being played on radio stations all over the country.
1: Nice. I like that. It's just
3: some simple fixes. In some cases, stop doing this, start doing that. And where Krista comes in is really to help people... With that, getting over the hump of the resistance, opening up the thinking, the perspective
0: to and, yeah.
3: let let yourself say something different and take different actions.
2: Should I tell my vet story, Krista? <laughs> I think it's like the most illustrating story ever. Yes, please do. Okay. So here was the first uh, session
3: that I had with Krista. Um, it's kind It might be a little bit upsetting for people, but uh, I have a few cats, and they all got sick at the same time, but one of them was particularly... Uh, so I had incurred a variety of vet bills... And I've had cats for a long time, and been to a lot of vets, and I have this background of annoyance. Like they spend five minutes, and they don't really, they don't really look at the bite, or they, you know, they don't really check the ear. They don't give a thorough examination was my concern, and yet they charge you fifty six dollars. So <laughs> I was already annoyed, and I had already spent all this money, like five six hundred dollars on these cats, and. Because uh, once one gets something, you have to treat them all, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. one child was particularly ill, and it um, <clears throat> turns out someone had shot him with wow. a pellet gun. And so he was dealing with uh, a whole issue of movement and pain and a whole bunch of other things. So I brought him to the vet, and I came home. Another cat was now limping. She couldn't use one of her paws. And I, it was just like I crossed the threshold of tolerance for this whole thing. And it was at that point, the day before I was taking the other cat to the vet, that I met with Krista. And so I didn't I, – I, I just was so upset about having to deal with the vets and the cost and the lack of rigor for their care – so we did a mock of that particular objective, which she told me later really scared her. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, But that's the point. It's like we have these emotions that trigger our approaches and what we say and how we think. And then we went through this balance system <clears throat> and then we did the mock again. And oh my goodness, I was not only... I was saying... Somewhat of the same things, right? But laughing, I, I mean, I, I was just like, I was so, the the, the if I, issue was practically resolved. And the next day, I took the cat
1: to the vet, and they didn't even charge me. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, by the way, we are actually down to our last <laughs> four minutes. So now's a really good time to let us know what's going on, what's coming up.
3: Okay. Well, this year we're doing two programs. Uh, one that, since we're just rolling it out and launching it, we're only doing two this year. Uh, May first and second is the live of night of 2015.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It is the live launch. It's an evening, a Friday evening and a Saturday of clutter to clean slate, in which we jumpstart people with the action steps the first three tools to um, jumpstart personal organization, get them in action, select their priorities, and then work with Krista to develop some techniques for getting themselves through what I call the struggle zone Mm -hmm. and through the hump of really the follow-through. And then it's followed by uh, 90 days of Weekly phone calls, additional webinars on mindset and maintenance, personal coaching calls. It's really a terrific, terrific program. Then we're doing it again in September, and we'll be doing three next year. But this year it's just going to be two. So, uh, clutter to clean slate. Have it be a way of life. Excellent.
1: Okay, and Krista, uh, uh, you've been very quiet for the last uh,
2: piece It's a part of, of the uh, the business. It's all about listening and being attentive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's sort of a sort of what I do. <laughs>
1: okay, and um, you know, you know, people would like to get in touch with either of you uh, or uh, connect further. What do they do?
2: Um, for me, my website is um, intelligent-connections. dot com. Um, you could also email me at Krista at Intelligent-Connections dot com, and um, right now I have my current offerings on the page, and and um, I'll also be, as Kathleen said, working with her and collaborating on um, the ninety day program. Great. Yes, and to reach me, uh, there's
3: the contact page on my website, which is Life Smiths U. The, number, or the letter U.com LifesmithU.com and um, there's you can schedule a call with me through schedule once it's a free complimentary uh, conversation about your personal organization issues I invite
2: you to have one Andrew <laughs> okay
1: oh, thank you yeah and, and since you're
2: so close Andrew I'm definitely happy to balance you as well if you'd like
1: <laughs> awesome Okay, Great. so we have uh, we're down to our final uh, seventy seconds, and uh, so I'd like to take the time to thank you both
2: for being on the show tonight
1: and welcoming me to my first show of twenty fifteen.
2: Yes, thank you, you very sure. much. It was such a pleasure. Yeah,
1: thank you. We're happy
2: and to be so- the inaugural guest.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh to everyone out there uh you know you can take a look at the page i have the links um for the, for the uh for this <clears throat> losing my voice so it's a good good this time as any to end. so uh, i have the links on the page and i i will be back here it's uh, very soon here on coach's corner and thank you for listening and good night everyone good night good night